Hello, and welcome to another episode of Heartstock Radio. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. Today, we are speaking with Sergei Kovalenkov of Empire. He is in Kiev, Ukraine, and will be speaking with us here in just a moment. This is Heartstock. Thanks for listening. To the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. As I went walking that ribbon highway, welcome. This is Heartstock Radio. Today we're speaking with Sergei Kovalenkov. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. Daniel Hogan is in the studio, and we'd like to welcome you, Sergi. Thank you so much for taking time out. I know you have uh, many, many things going on right now, including a war. Can you give our listeners a brief introduction? What is Empire, and what is it that you're doing with your organization? Thank you. Thank you for having me, Carol. I'm the founder of the company called Empire. Uh, this is the entity that I have put together in order to uh, develop and manufacture hemp-based uh, sustainable construction materials. So what we have done in Empire, we have developed our own all-natural binder consisting solely out of Ukrainian raw materials. And then when mixed with uh, hemp stock uh, and water, we would produce an extremely uh, sustainable, natural, and uh, energy-efficient insulation material. So just one out of many products that we're currently manufacturing, as well as different types of natural plasters and uh, things of that nature. Recently, we're right now working on the different types of projects, such as setting up uh, multifunctional hemp processing facilities, uh, the ones that would be not just processing uh, hemp stock biomass, but as well as manufacturing consumer and goods, uh, solely focusing on construction products mostly. Yeah. In all of this, while in the midst of war, how is this impacting you and your enterprise? I mean, it, we're, the world is, hearts are aching. What's going on there? for you? Well, of course, the war has had a devastating effect upon us as a nation. Definitely, this year, the country is going to lose 40% of its GDP. Many projects, we were supposed to export materials to different countries, such as uh, Bulgaria, Lithuania, Israel, and others. And that has been stopped uh, by the war it's devastating i mean every single uh, citizen of ukraine got affected you know someone lost their loved one someone lost their house someone lost their business so it's a terrible situation that has affected the lives of millions of people and definitely the economy mm. So I know that there are some special projects that you're working on that we talked about briefly before I hit record. So we'll get to that. But what I'd really like to talk about first is where did you grow up? Was it there in Kiev? And tell us a little bit about that experience growing up in Ukraine and how that eventually has led to you starting this business. Yeah, I was... Uh... Uh, born and raised in uh, in Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, when I was a teenager, we have, uh, as a family, moved to Canada. 
And that's where I acquired my civil engineering degree. I studied in Carleton University in Ottawa. Basically, this degree gave me a chance uh, to travel across the world and learn a lot more about our fascinating planet. And I worked in different companies in, in Canada, Ukraine, Turkey, and others. And then I came across hempcrete technology in Australia, all the way on the edge of the world. Ironically enough, you know, I uh, luckily I got invited to participate in the first ever construction of a hemp house in uh, in Australia on on an island in Tasmania, and uh, my whole life changed <laughs> at that point of time. You know, so I always tell that I have two phases of my life, and before I got introduced to hemp, and after I got introduced to hemp, because I have to say I was totally fascinated with the fact that you can use, you can grow the biomass in the field next door, then you can process in the facility, and then you can you know, build yourself a house using these uh, local materials. And uh, all of a sudden, you don't need to ship containers, different materials half across the world in order to to put a house together and then uh yeah my my whole life changed you know my the perception the vision as a, as an engineer as the builder that's basically been my story and then i started to learn more about it i started to work and participate on the projects in switzerland and france and then eventually i came to the idea that we can develop our own materials back home in ukraine and that's when i went back in 2015 to found empire in the middle of the war, because uh, Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, then the war started to rage in the eastern part of Ukraine. And uh, here I was with a completely new product, with no hemp houses built in Ukraine at that point of time, running around and trying to find at least the first person that would believe in such a crazy thing, you know. And I did find. I did find my first client where I didn't make any money, and that's how the the story of Empire evolved. What are the laws and regulations there? Many growers, in particular here in Montana, were given the go-ahead by our federal government to grow hemp. Were you up against any kind of laws or regulations like the growers here have faced in the past? Well, Ukraine is uh, considered an uh, alma mater uh, of industrial hemp. We have an Institute of Best Fiber that was founded during Soviet uh, Union era, which is uh, 90 years old already. And the first seeds that uh, of industrial hemp uh, that came to France and Canada, some of it, these varieties came from Ukraine in the middle of 90s. And we always had a history of growing industrial hemp. Uh, for many, many decades. And right now, currently, farmers can grow hemp, but there are some obstacles that they face, of course, with uh, getting the license. And we always have uh, a possibility of police showing up at your fields, just checking what you're doing. But uh, we have one of the lowest THC levels for the industrial hemp is 0.08, eighth of a hundred of percent, which is why American farmers are interested in Ukrainian seed 
because we have such a low THC level guaranteeing that the crop does not come up hot during, you know, right before harvesting when the DEA shows up or some other entity showing up just to check the, the levels of active uh, psychoactive ingredient in the hemp. So Ukrainian farmers are growing hemp this year, of course, has been devastating due to the war. But still, I know that some of the farmers put seeds into the ground, maybe a couple of thousand hectares are being cultivated right now as we speak. Not much, but again, because of the war. Regulation-wise, everything's fine. It's not that hard to obtain a license. And early on, when you first encountered him, can you talk a little bit more about that experience? Who were your influences and who did you rely upon for, for information and learning about how to use hemp in construction? Yeah, I got introduced to a person that was cultivating hemp uh, in Australia uh, when I was there. And like I've said, this first uh, house uh, construction experience really uh, got me excited about the uh, possibility of using the the biomass in construction industry. And uh, when I went back to Europe, I immediately signed up for a hemp building seminar that was organized by one of the parties in Western Europe. And uh, then I got an offer to work in that entity right after the seminar, which was, for me, it was like a, a ticket to new life. And this is when I started to gain more and more experience. I started to read about it more. Now, luckily, we have a lot of cases across the world where people are using hempcrete. So, you know, Latin America, Central America, Europe, uh, you know, Canada, United States, uh, even Australia, Asia is now coming up. But back then, there was limited amount of information. So only uh, working on the real projects would give you sort of a solid type of knowledge base in order to move forward and understand how this material really performs. Were there special formularies? How did you figure out like just ratios of materials that worked best? Can you talk about the formulation just a bit here? Uh, yeah, so as uh, I was gaining knowledge and the projects in France and Switzerland, in Europe, uh, uh, I started to learn more about materials and my background in construction engineering really helped me because uh, understanding the chemical problem now that you know, it was more about chemistry rather than some, uh, you know, structural uh, strength of the materials and aspects of it, you know, came into play. I started to learn more about the chemical reaction and what was happening. And of course, for me, number one priority was to get away from cement and cement type of materials in order to you know, in order to make it as sustainable as possible, I don't know if uh, any one of our listeners ever visited a cement production facility. It's like a little, it's like a little city. You know, I was working for one of the entities in in Turkey while I was a student, and uh, I was completely shocked by the size of the facility. There was, uh, you know, there was manufacturing cement. They were literally eating up a next door mountain for aggregates and minerals. And it was, uh, you know, the facility, the territory of the facility was huge and it was always covered in dust. And this massive kilns that were burning the clinker at really high temperatures made me realize that, you know, we have to get away from 
cement as much as possible and using it in the construction of the private housing especially i mean concrete is an amazing material but you know it's mostly can be used for foundations you know dams highways uh, things like that it's a, it's a great invention but definitely we should stay away from erecting walls and structures of a private house where people are living you know so that's how we developed the formulation solely based on ukrainian uh, raw materials. For me, it was extremely important. Uh, so we would stay uh, import independent. And when the pandemic arrived, uh, I actually realized that I made the right decision in the beginning. You know, we could be sourcing materials from neighboring countries, but I decided, uh, you know, to, 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 to work with only local materials. And that's what helped our business survive. We were continuing to build during the pandemic, and now we continue to build hemp houses and supply manufacturing materials even during the war. So we were just talking about your materials formulation. What I'd like to delve into next more is your business and your business model. We've got a lot to talk about, including the, the current project that you're working on. We'll be right back in just a moment with Sergi. This is Heartstock, and I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Daniel Hogan is in the studio. We'll be right back. You're listening to Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. And today we're talking about hempcrete and this amazing experience of um, developing uh, this new building technology is happening in Ukraine. And Sergei Kovalenkov is working on uh, continuing his enterprise in the midst of the war. Just wondering, Sergei. What is it that's motivating you to keep going during all of this? Why is hempcrete better? And what are the impacts? Uh, it's a very good question. You know, people sometimes ask me, uh, have you thought about quitting? Because it just takes so much time to, 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 to develop uh, the, the market for it. Actually, right, we're, we're just starting from scratch and... Uh, it's always difficult to push some type of innovative material, especially onto the construction market, which is like an old dinosaur. It doesn't change. Uh, it changes very slowly over years, right? Because of the regulations and the safety precautions. And uh, I really want people to live in the healthy houses, you know. And uh, I'm a big believer that if we start building proper housing for people, they're just going to be more happy. They're going to be more rested in the morning. They're going to have a better relationship with their loved ones. They're just going to be more satisfied with their life because uh, people don't pay attention to uh, what kind of air do they breathe in while they're sleeping, you know, for seven, six, seven, eight hours. Um, I don't care how many. Uh, so it's a big, it's a big factor. And uh, actually, uh, during the COVID pandemic, 
people were spending a lot more time in their houses. And if their houses were uh, built using toxic materials that are detrimental to their health, they were just making the case worse. Uh, worse. And it's uh, very important. It's very important for our, you know, health state, mental state to be, uh, you know, uh, to be surrounded by natural materials. And that's what kind of keeps me going because we're just starting. And uh, the gratitude of our clients is uh, helping us pushing this forward. And I just see the results and they are very tangible results. People saving money during heating, cooling of uh, the house. Uh, they're happy. They're satisfied. I can always pick up a phone and call any of my clients looking for some feedback or some references. And uh, some of them are becoming my friends over time, So, which is, which is awesome. I don't have to hide from them. And we're just forming this healthy society. So just that's what kind of helped me. Uh, keep going and, uh, you know, pushing this material onto the market. You mentioned the devastation just when you start digging aggregates out of the ground. What other, I mean, comparing and contrasting hempcrete to just standard concrete, what other differences are there? I mean, are we taking carbon out of the atmosphere and capturing it in the homes themselves? Well, hempcrete, I would not compare it to concrete. Uh, hempcrete is more of an insulation material and an infill uh, uh, for timber frame construction, for example. And uh, the main advantage of hempcrete is that it can regulate humidity inside the house. So it's a vapor permeable material. You don't need any plastics. You don't need any membranes in order to protect it from the atmosphere. It is does not support fire. It can really create this cozy environment holding the relative humidity between 40 and 60%. That's the optimum kind of percentage for uh, and well for the well-being and the health of the uh, of its residents. Uh, it does not uh, burn, right? It repels pests. It's 100% natural. And all you have to do is just basically apply plaster and render from both sides and your house is ready. So it's replacing like things like OSB, existing insulation, membranes, you know, drywall. You don't need all of that stuff. You know, you're replacing all of these things that I've just, uh, you know, went through with one single material, uh, which is... 100% 100% natural. Isn't it fascinating? I mean, imagine growing a field in Montana. Imagine uh, uh, manufacturing binder in Montana. All of a sudden, you have your local ingredients in order to, to erect the walls around your timber frame structure. And you don't have to wait for things to arrive from another state. And I think uh, it has a strong business case because people can easily learn how to install hempcrete within a day or two. Last uh, year we organized a practical seminar for one of the private schools in Ukraine seven and eight year old kids for the first for the first time ever they were doing this and they were so excited about this and I'm and that's my message was to the world okay if a seven-year-old kid can figure out how to mix and compact hempcrete I'm sure a, a licensed professional can learn so too <laughs> and early on you mentioned before we hit record, that you're working on a special project. 
Can you talk a little bit about what you're working on right now? Yeah, sure. One of the projects uh, that we're actually participating in actively is a is a, a residential complex that's going to be the biggest hempcrete uh, structure in the history, in the modern history of Ukraine. Uh, it's an old farm that's getting turned into the residential complex for the refugees and orphans uh, that are fleeing the war. We have a lot of children uh, that lost their parents due to the war. And now uh, this, uh, there's a group of people that purchased the land and now they flip in this farm into this uh, residence play, a residential complex. And we have already uh, donated some of our materials and we actually uh, uh, reestablished our fund to raise more money in order for them to complete this quickly. So basically, uh, the foundation has been laid, it has been poured already. Now the timber frame is coming up. So uh, on our, you know, on our social media pages, we are uh, covering this project uh, quite well. And whoever wants to donate uh, to this great cause uh, would be awesome, definitely. And this is just the beginning. There will be many more social projects because uh, we will have problems with PTSD. Uh, You know, each one of us has some level of PTSD right now after the war has started. And we understand that, uh, you know, these refugees right now, they're actually helping to build and construct this complex where they're going to be living. And we want to also get the war veterans involved in the projects like this because, uh, you know, when they go to war, they lose social ties. And these type of projects will help them integrate back into the society easily, you know. And this is how we want to you know, keep our fund growing and getting more and more people involved in the, in this social type of projects. We're really, really excited about it. And this is going to be one of many. Well, and funding was definitely one of the questions I have. Way back when you started, how were you funded? Did you have investors and how has that changed over time? I started uh, everything myself single-handedly at that point of time especially when the war started in the eastern part of ukraine there was no question of whether funding or not funding something it was it would be incredibly hard to find a, another crazy person like uh, myself <laughs> in order to start a business uh, in such crazy times uh, so i funded uh, everything myself in the beginning now i have partners for my Ukrainian operations. Uh, now I have uh, separate partners for my international operations. We have uh, Hempar USA right now in California. It's going to be manufacturing the binder. And in fact, it already does and sell uh, our components to the hempcrete construction technology. So uh, things have changed over time because people are starting to believe uh, that uh, this technology truly exists for the benefit of the people and the planet. And before, I would tell you that no one could care less about the ecology when the war started in Ukraine. But over time, you know, we've been very persistent. And we it was 
difficult, difficult, you know, we went through some difficult times and now we're facing even more difficult times. But now I have people around myself that kind of, we are united by the same cause and the same vision. And that's what's been helping me a lot. Absolutely. So our teams are growing everywhere on the international level and uh, on the local level. So we have probably about three minutes left. Can you share with us your vision for the future? And I would imagine at times it's hard to think about the future in the midst of war. <laughs> can you can you help us understand what that's like for you right now? <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to say that uh, uh, the life and the priorities have changed ever since I've uh, heard the first rocket hitting, uh, getting shot down uh, above uh, Kiev sky when the windows were shaking in my balcony at like 5 a.m. in the morning. It's definitely a devastating experience. Uh, I would definitely would love to tell people that uh, we need to cultivate love and empathy. And uh, when people lack love, you know, for themselves, they start uh, turning to rage and uh, other fear and then other uh, very detrimental emotions uh, for our mind and body. So we need to cultivate love within ourselves and then we're going to have a very, uh, uh, very harmonic society. And our children will start copying us uh, and they're be- going to become even better. So uh, definitely, um, you know, appreciation for what you have. Uh, you know, we have not appreciated what we've had before as Ukrainians, as a nation. And uh, I believe in sustainable construction. I believe in a healthy uh, societies where we have, uh, you know, where we respect each other and love each other and work with each other. You know, we're social animals no matter where we go. So only united we can achieve some things. No person in the world ever built a corporation or successful business. It was always around many, many people uniting behind the idea. So, yeah, love, respect, and uh, be be patient and uh, have some empathy for other people's feelings and uh, visions. How you mentioned you're on social media, how can folks find you? And I would imagine there's um, several different channels and ways folks could look you up. Yeah. 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 You you can just uh, on Facebook, you can, uh, uh, you know, we have a website, empire.tech for our uh, international operations. So on social media, it's uh, in, uh, on Facebook, it's Empire underscore UA or on Instagram, uh, Empire International or Empire UA. So anything you type in with Empire, you will probably find a way to get to us, you know. <laughs> so... After I know that you have a really busy schedule, are you spreading the word and talking to lots of other organizations and um, doing a lot of interviews in, in the midst of it all? Well, uh, we're working on the projects uh, yeah. constantly and working on the new ties internationally. So right after we finish, we're going to have a Fox also. I'm going to have a call right now on the 
on the uh, on the west coast uh, then there is going to be another person from us and then uh, yeah we're very active very very active you know priorities have shifted after the war has started so i you know things sped up in my life so i want to try to achieve as much as possible thank you, you know? so much so that's that yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you thank you carol for having me thanks for being on heartstock and um we shall see you next week be safe Sergi we'll be thinking of you (laughs) (laughs) thank you Carol have a good day till next week peace Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. No trespassing, but on